welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin, and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern-day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I've been pretty quiet for the last few weeks. I've been so busy with my new job, barely been at home, I've been commuting and all that jazz, so I've not really had time to be online and be my usual active self, so hopefully this week is a little different as I'm working from home. We have the worst rail strikes in 30 years currently going on in the UK. I'm recording this on the Tuesday, the 21st, and it's the worst day, so I'm very happy to be at home today. This week, we're heading over to the Philippines for the first time in a little while, and looking at a really beloved folklore character over there known as the Capra. This is my absolute favourite Filipino monster, as I got to research this when I was at uni with my friend Dominique, who you might remember from the Mananangal episode last year. Although the Mananangal is definitely up there in my top five, the Capre by far takes this one for my favourite Filipino myth monster. The Capre is described as a tree giant in Filipino folklore, usually being around seven to nine foot tall, with dark, thick hair covering most of its muscular body. They're usually found in mango, acacia, bamboo or banyan trees, smoking cigars with their long legs resembling long tree branches whilst they relax in the leaves. You can tell you've stumbled upon a capre as they have a very strong smell of goat about them, which will definitely lead you to thinking there is one nearby. I definitely couldn't define what goat smells like. My sister would say it smells of farm, but I don't really know what that means either. Either way, imagine it. They usually wear a belt that grants them invisibility to humans, except on Fridays, and a traditional Filipino loincloth called a bahag which very much links them to the indigenous tribes of the Philippines traditionally. They are considered incredibly wise, talkative, and generally are not violent towards people. However, they will take vengeance if their orchard or specific tree is cut down. They do apparently seek after humans for friendship too, and they will always try and court any ladies that catch their eye. If you do end up getting close to a capre, They will usually look over you and follow you for the rest of your life as a guardian and protector, and this could be achieved through being their friend too, just not as a love interest, thankfully. If you do get friendly enough, as well as kind of stalking you for the rest of your days, he might even give you his magical white stone, which is about the size of a quail's egg and can allow the human to make wishes of the capre. The Capre could also nominate himself as a guardian of the hearth, the home, and would be considered good luck, even to this day. On the other hand though, they are known as tricksters. They will often try and confuse any travellers on their way around orchards and make them walk around in circles, or be completely disorientated, make them forget where they are. Sometimes if they're in their own garden they can do this as well, and the person will wake up with no recollection of where they are. Also, there are some stories that if you become the object of affection for a Capre, you might end up getting sexually assaulted by the Capre in your sleep, which is pretty rough. But I will say that these stories are very rare in comparison to the whole guardian trope. So, you know, just kind of keep that in your mind. They, They do seem to be a positive figure other than these very few stories of 
sexual assault. Adding to that, though, there are some rumours that there are white and black Capre. White will not hurt you and will just tend to watch and let the world go by, but the black Capre will actively try and harm you. However, you'll see how this in itself is problematic later on. Alongside the terrible smell they give off, you can also tell a Capre is nearby in a tree by seeing smoke emerging from the top of the branches, hearing laughter or seeing eyes, or you can see what look like fireflies around the tree, which is actually the embers from his lit cigar. They are traditionally male, I've not been able to find any records of female Capre at least, and they are argued to be the quite rugged, sometimes even handsome, to horrendously ugly giants. You could also find one just walking around the forest, not just in a tree. It was exceptionally rare to bump into one, as they are considered quite lazy, quite chilled out, or just set in their ways, I suppose is the best way to put that. If you do manage to find one though, which is tricky considering they're invisible to humans, they can be found when someone is really invested in tracking them down. If you do befriend it, you'll be able to see all Capre, and if you interact with it in front of someone else, they'll be able to see the Capre in question too. Now, onto etymology. This is where we get a bit wild with this one. It's really quite juicy in terms of content, so buckle up. The word Capre comes from the Arabic word kafir, which means non-believer, infidel, and in Spanish, the word for this is Cafre, which unfortunately was used as a term for slaves in the Philippines who were brought over by the Portuguese before the Spanish abolished the slave trade on the islands. There's more to the languages in this etymology though. In the Quran, the root word for kufr means denial of truth, but actually Islamic Filipinos didn't use this term. So how did it even get over to the islands? And this is because the roots of this word is within the slaves that they brought over from Africa, the Middle East, Portugal, who used the term to describe the black people they brought over. I will say that apparently this is also used to this day, with a different spelling, just slightly, and pronunciation in Afrikaans, and that's used as a racial slur. I will obviously stress that I'm talking about the Arabic and Spanish word for non-believer, this term was also used as a racial slur back in the day against indigenous tribal people of the Philippines when the Spanish invaded, and actually the name of the Capre was adjusted to Agata in order to capture another tribe within this horrendous racial labelling for the Atea people. So I've kind of talked about racial prejudice here, but how does this monster actually link to the colonisation and racial prejudice within the Philippines? This is actually a really good question. And actually, it's all to do with the colonisation of the Philippines, and that was by the Spanish and the Portuguese back in the day, and really encapsulates why this monster even exists within folklore. It's actually quite a sad reflection of racism. Before the Spanish invasion, the indigenous people of the Philippines believed in spirits, much like Aswang, which we've talked about in previous episodes, monsters like the Mananangal were pretty prevalent within that folklore. They also started to create a myth about a monster called the Pugo, which is a headless, dark-skinned man who would live in trees. Then came 1565, when Miguel Lopez de Legazpi landed in the islands from Mexico City, and a cool fact here is actually they landed during the reign of King Philip II of Spain, giving the islands his name as an honour, which is why they're called the Philippines to this day. Horrendous again, I know, it's horrendous. They brought over slaves from Portugal, Africa, Papua New Guinea and the Middle East, and depending on their skin tones, they would be known as Cafra. 
they would then turn their attention to the population of the islands to convert them to Christianity, with only realistically a few indigenous tribes remaining. In the 17th century, these slaves started rebelling, and apparently the Spanish created the Capro myth in order to discourage natives from helping the escaping slaves. Some of them even Filipino themselves, stating that they were cannibals, they smelt like goats, and they would live in trees like their monster, the Pago. Then, over time, because of this, the word cafre was used to describe the Pago as ruly and uncivilized. One of the surviving Filipino tribes, Aitas, were the main victims of this, outside of the shipped-in slaves, of course, and they were discriminated against by the Christians, the new Christians as well, that were Filipino or are Filipino, for their practices and dark skin like their slaves, who convinced the converted natives to reject them. This led to the link that anyone with darker skin, including the natives and indigenous community from the islands, were considered Cafre, these uncivilised Pugo-type beings. Then, in the 1980s, the Philippines introduced the Abacada alphabet. The letters C and F do not exist within this alphabet, so they were changed to K and P, changing Cafra to Capra. And the monster became its own little entity that it is today, however, having a really complicated, racially fired up past. Although, this was the idea back in the 17th century, the origins of this monster are of course not forgotten, but very much rejected now. The monster is a being unto itself, rather than being related to any human, be that indigenous or not within folklore. There are actually some really famous Capri too, the most famous being Mr. Brown, who lives in an old ballet tree in front of the Malacanang Palace, where the President of the Philippines resides. The tree is over a hundred years old, and actually was given a heritage status back in 2011. Apparently, the rumour started when the First Lady found it covered in fireflies, and to this day people still find the tree smoking. There is an amazing story of a cabbie who was standing in front of the palace one night, asked for a lighter for a cigarette and looked up to see Mr. Brown the Capray offering him a match. The cabbie legged it inside and the whole serving staff laughed at him and told him the story of the Capra in the tree. There are more stories of the Capra tapping his cigar ash onto the shoulders of people he doesn't like, which I also find very funny, but we don't have time to go over all of them. The other most famous Capre is one of the friend of the first president, Emilio Aguinaldo, who was his personal guardian and lived under a bridge near his mansion in Cavite. Aguinaldo lived until he was 94 and apparently spat out a white stone before he died. He also sought military advice from the Capra, and the Capra in return made him impervious to bullets. However, some say that the Capra was actually General David Fagan, who was an African-American soldier who defected to the Filipino revolutionaries during the American-Philippines War. He apparently switched sides due to the racism in the American ranks, and lived out his days after the war in the presidential garden, some believing that he was the Capra, or that he was just dead and haunting the area. Fun fact with this one too, is that the US were obsessed with getting David back, so much so that there was a bounty on him, so one day, Someone presented his apparent head, and the Filipinos refused to believe he was dead, including the Ayeta tribe, who gave him the nickname Pugo after the headless, friendly, and black-skinned monster from Filipino myth. Although, I'm not entirely sure that's a compliment. Lastly though, it is definitely a reflection on racial discrimination within Asia. There is inherently an indoctrinated idea 
that skin colour determines class, with apparently darker-skinned Filipinos being poorer as they're out in the sun all day, and white-skinned people being considered higher class as they're protected from the harsh outdoors. This is so old and ancient, it was happening here in the UK and across America, the very, very old-fashioned idea. But if you look at some skin products or advertisements now in some Asian countries, it's really encouraged to lighten your skin. And also, in contrast to this, sometimes blackface is still used within entertainment in these kind of countries to convey indigenous or lower class people, and they're used as the butt of the joke usually. And actually, they've been used to show a capro before in media. I've even had some friends go out to Asian countries, and they've been paraded around due to their European features, or if they have darker skin, which is just kind of wild. But on a happier note to end on, in 2017, the first Aeta, Norman King, graduated from the University of the Philippines and wore his bahug at the ceremony to celebrate his culture and heritage, which I absolutely adore. There's a fantastic video of his graduation, and it was actually made by a soap company, which is kind of weird, but it celebrates his heritage and journey to acceptance within the community. It's so beautiful. I posted it and his story on Twitter on Tuesday this week, if you want to have a look. But now onto modern media. As you can imagine, there's not a lot here, especially within Western media that I can find, but I've done my absolute best that I could. And really, much like other sections in this segment with modern media, I usually have an alternative kind of trope to focus on. But this week, I couldn't find anything that fit into the Capre's gap because they are just so unique and so wonderful as a monster. So for art this week, I would really recommend looking at independent stuff. There's some really amazing pieces of art on DeviantArt and online other places. The piece I've used in my advertising this week is by Tomotsa Art Studio 2 on DeviantArt, which is just stunning, gorgeous and perfect for depicting these giants. In movies, unfortunately, I didn't find anything, I'm afraid. If you do know any, or you're from the Philippines or anything like that, please do let me know if you have any. For TV, we have Magpakal Aman, The Monster Hunter, Elemento, Parang Normal Activity, The Creatures of Filipino Mythology. I would really recommend the latter as it's a YouTube series. It's about 15 minutes long and it is so, so good. It really, really helped me with my research this week highly recommend. In video games we only have the one, and that's Tiny Castle, I believe it's a mobile game. Sorry, it's a bit of a lesser amount, we usually have loads of video games, but just nothing this week. My book recommendation for this week though is special. It's Vida Cruz's Song of the Mango, and Other Myths which comes out next year, or her existing book Beyond the Line of Trees, which is all about Filipino mythology. She's an absolutely wonderful storyteller, and I can really recommend having a look and pre-ordering her new book if you can. I also know she's getting married this week, so if you're listening, Vida, congratulations. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I'm certainly going to say that I'm not entirely sure with this one. I think it's certainly possible that something could be hiding up in the trees in the Philippines somewhere, but I'm not 100% sure. I do, however, see that the Capre is a horrendous corruption of their own monster by racial discrimination, basically used to abuse indigenous communities, or really anyone who refused to bend to the white European oppression. I also think it's a sad reflection of the standards of beauty, and that you need to be whiter to be considered beautiful. And that's just simply not true, and so unbelievably outdated and racist. 
I also think it's incredibly interesting that the Capra isn't linked really to this colonial past, and just exists as this protector and guardian tree spirit who enjoys a cigar, and actually you do have to dig quite deep to get to the nitty gritty past of this gentle giant. I knew nothing about their background, but a lot about the monster. I'm actually really thankful that this can be remembered in an honourable way, rather than one that could be filled with spite, malice and hatred for the past. This monster holds a real personal significance to me too, as it reminds me of my wonderful friend Dominique, as I said at the start of this episode. We both did our playwriting course together, and she wrote a beautiful playscript version of a wonderful book called Towards the Fires of Revolution by the wonderful Vida Cruz, as I mentioned earlier, which features a Capre as the main anti-hero within the story about the people of the Philippines rebelling against their Spanish colonisers. Since then, the Capra has been idolised in my brain, and I've loved this monster ever since. But what do you think? Did Capro roam the earth in the Philippines? Let me know on Twitter, I'd love to know what you think. But actually, it's really nice to revisit this monster for me, as it's such a cool one. It's also really nice to cover a monster that's actually a little bit softer, and more of a guardian than a monster itself. And also, it's got great history, and who doesn't want to look at a giant tree troll who smokes cigars for an episode? They're just really quite cool. Next week, though, we're heading over to Norse mythology for the first time in ages, as I do love a bit of the Norse myth. We are looking at the zombified warriors, the Draugr, so please make sure you keep your grave treasures close by next Thursday. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can also find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. But come join the fun, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. I'll see you later, babes.